Well, hello, and welcome to The Drive. Going to work, Mobile, Alabama, 48 degrees. It is going to be a good day. God is good. He's given us breath in our lungs, eyes to see, ears to hear. So to today, this morning, uh, what's really been on my heart, my mind, is the gospel. The gospel. Now this is the core, the central theme, the centerpiece of the Christian faith. The gospel is everything. You know, I think even some seasoned Christians that have been walking for a long time um, still don't can't define the gospel. But I try to let believers know often that listen, a four-year-old knows the gospel. I mean, you can say it in one sentence. The gospel. Jesus died and rose again. So the result will be redemption. He paid a price we couldn't pay. He died on the cross, rose from the grave, so that we could have life. Accept that truth and start walking with it. I mean, the gospel, we can make it as simple or as complicated as we want. Because listen, the gospel is simple, but it's also profound and incredibly deep. And I, I believe it really depends upon who we're talking to when we share the gospel. You know, some people have no clue that they're not into the whole Christianese, the theological terms. They have no clue. You say transubstantiation. You say redemption. You say propitiation. And they kind of look at you like, what? language are you speaking, you know? Uh, and, and so for those people, we need to make it simple. Make it simple. Make it straightforward. Others are privy, privy to that that language, if you will. They know all the terms, and, and you can really go deep with them. You can talk to them about it. But um, ultimately, do you believe that Jesus is God in the flesh, that he died, that he rose, so that humanity, so that all who call upon him will be saved. And that's the gospel. And that's the gospel. See, the gospel isn't a one-time prayer, and then all of a sudden everything is good, you don't have to try anymore. It's not, that's not, that's a misrepresentation of the gospel, right? The gospel is, okay, I accepted Christ, man, he, really, he chose me, but... Uh, I'm walking with him, and now it's a process of refinement. It's a process of learning. It's a, it's sort of a spiritual surgery that God does on us on a, on a regular basis as we grow towards Him, as we seek Him, as we follow Him. In, in a, in one sense, honestly, the gospel is ongoing because it is a process. A lot of the times, people go can go to a crusade and they and they they walk up, they say the prayer, and then there's no fruit from their lives. There's no evidence that they actually are saved. So are they saved? Probably not. <laughs> God is the ultimate judge, but if there's no fruit from their life, if there's no works after subsequent of salvation or after salvation, then from all visual practical purposes, they don't look like they're saved. But the gospel is simple. And, and here's the thing with the gospel. I mean, there's a lot of facets to the gospel if we just continue to talk about it. Uh, but uh, the gospel without grace is not the gospel. The gospel 
minus grace is not the gospel. We don't yell angrily so people can be saved. Right? We don't throw down condemnation and forget about grace so people can be saved. We're saved by grace through faith. We're saved because of grace. God's grace is unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. And we have that. Humanity has that if they just look up. If they begin walking with God. Like Enoch walked with God. Genesis chapter 4. Chapter 5. But we can't leave grace out. You gotta give people, man, we gotta give people room for grace. We gotta we gotta give them grace. If we don't, then it's just gonna be law, it's gonna be rules, it's gonna be burden. That's not being a believer. That's not what it's about. I so love the Calvary Chapel movement because, um, well, first of all, because they teach God's Word. I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, 66 books of the Bible, over 40 different authors, a few different continents. Uh, They teach verse by verse, line by line, chapter by chapter. That's why when I planted a church, of course, it was going to be a Calvary Chapel because I was saved through the teaching of the Word, and I grew through the teaching of the Word, and to this day, I continue to grow through the teaching of the Word. But I love Calvary Chapel also because they leave room for grace they give grace you know someone comes in totally in sin to the church we don't go what are you what are you doing here Uh, church remember is not like a stage for the super saints (laughs) there's no such thing as a super saint church is for those who are broken and hurting. Church is for those who are in sin and need to get out. Church is for those who are burdened and bogged down with their sin and need desperate help. Church is for those who are broken, crying out, needing help, searching for truth. That's what church is. And so what do we have to do as a church body? Well, leave room for grace. Give grace to those who are in sin. Give grace to those who are messing up. Give grace to those who are off the handle. You know, Give them grace. Because if not, you're just going to push them away and they're going to say, oh, that Christianity thing, horrible, judgmental, hate-filled people. We're never going to go to church again. Leave room for grace. Give grace. Don't expect perfection. The gospel is filled and full of grace. That is why you're saved. Because of grace. Not because you're so great and mighty. Uh Uh-uh, you're not. I'm not. We are saved because of the grace of God, demonstrated through the death and resurrection of Christ, the grace of God. Leave room for grace. Give people grace. Don't hold people to these high, lofty expectations and expect them to meet them all. They're not going to. Guess what? They're going to let you down every single time, all the time. The gospel minus grace is not the gospel at all. It's a contrived, man-made philosophy rather than the gospel. I'm so blessed by God's grace. I love God's grace. Man, if it wasn't for God's grace, there go I. And there go you, (laughs) you know? Man, we can revel in His grace. But as he's given us grace, as we've messed up, as we've missed the mark, we need to extend his grace 
to others, to those around us. And I'm not saying there's not times of correction and discipline and whatnot. Of course there is. But ultimately, fully, we always need to err on the side of grace. Not on the side of judgment or correction, but we need to err on the side of grace. Because grace changes people. Grace changes hearts. Grace brings upon an acceptance that this world doesn't offer. Grace comes from God, not from the world. And so again, I'm going to reiterate this again. I just wanted to stick in our mind that the gospel minus grace is not the gospel. Grace cannot be left out of the equation. Grace is the core, the fundamental issue, the reason why people are saved. Man, there's a song um, that we used to sing in church and it used to go, Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. And the whole chorus was grace that is greater than all our sin. <laughs> Don't you love that? We're forgiven because of God's grace. Not because some person said we're forgiven. Not because some person said we're forgiven, my son. No, we're forgiven because of God's grace. Because he has grace upon you and upon me. So the gospel must include grace if it's going to be the true gospel. Without grace, it's no good. Without grace, it's no good. Grace is greater than all our sin. Man, God's given us grace and as we receive his grace, we extend that grace and reflect that grace to all those who we interact with. Instead of expecting perfection, we need to expect imperfect people that are crying out to a perfect God for mercy and for grace. And guess what? They will get it. God will give it. What a truth. How amazing. Well, God bless you guys. I hope you have an amazing day. And I'll see you next time.